0: Welcome to Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark, a podcast sharing good stories during less than good times. I'm Julie Censulo. Today's story is a tale of intrigue, deception, and things that aren't what they appear to be. That's right, it is a mystery story, a classic whodunit, if you will, so... I'm going to use my Detective Noir voice a little bit. Okay, I'll probably talk normal most of the time, but if you ever hear me slip into that deeper register of my voice, just go with it. Please, I need this. It's really what's holding me together right now. Uh, anyway. This story follows one intrepid detective in her search for a sly slipper damsel known as the truth. Was that too much? Yeah, I felt that too. Uh, okay, let's just meet our detective. My name is Bev. This is Bev Luther-Quast. And I am married to Beth. In 2019, Bev and her wife Beth owned a condo in the North Loop neighborhood in downtown Minneapolis.
1: The North Loop is a very fun, trendy neighborhood, which has lots of bars and restaurants and nightlife. Also very walkable, possibly relevant to the story. The story that Bev is alluding to is about the time that their condo became the
0: scene of a most perplexing crime. To set the scene... Let's first retrace Bev and Beth's steps on the day of the crime. The morning started like any other. Bev
1: and Beth woke up, got ready, and left for work. We had left the condo in complete chaos. We were at the end of a few crazy weeks at work, for me at least, hadn't been home much. Our bed was completely unmade, dishes not just like on the counter, but all over the place. Our condo was in a condition that you would not want anyone to enter it who did not live there.
0: Both Bev and Beth worked outside of Minneapolis. So we're both sort of distant commuters at this point. Beth worked in downtown St. Paul, which, for those of you who don't live in the Twin Cities, is a separate downtown about 12 miles east of downtown Minneapolis. Bev worked even further east of their condo in a suburb called Maplewood. On the day in question, Beth arrived home from work at her usual time.
1: So Beth usually gets home first. So when she did come home, she noticed the door was unlocked. This was the first unusual thing. Beth is the type of person that will check three times to make sure the door is locked before she leaves. If she can't remember she locked the door, she might go back upstairs to check Sensing something was off, Beth walks into the condo. And the first thing that Beth noticed was that all the shoes, we probably had half a dozen pairs of shoes, all of them were lined up in a row. Which was a stark contrast to the messy pile that Bev and Beth had
0: left their shoes in.
1: Immediately, Beth calls Bev and asks, You know, did you come home during the day and arrange the shoes? I was like, no, why would I have done that? She said, I think you probably should come home right now. I'm kind of worried we've been broken into, that we've been robbed.
0: Bev tells Beth not to touch anything, and she immediately rushes
1: home. Bev gets home, where she finds Beth waiting for her. She was sitting in like in a corner where she literally could not touch anything or reach anything, just kind of like snacking on a box of crackers. Maybe stress eating a little bit. Totally relatable. And the first thing I asked her when I walked in the door was, did you check to make sure no one's here? She was like, oh, no, that didn't occur to me. So we had a a momentary freakout where we thought someone might still be there. Bev and Beth
0: looked around, but no one was in the condo. What was in the condo was very curious. Bev took note of everything that was out of place in her proverbial detective's notepad. AKA the notes app on her phone. She still has the list. And a few of the things I printed off the list
1: to make it easier to tell the story, Julie. We love a storyteller that comes prepared. Really strange things like our bed had been made for us, like tight hotel corners on the sheets. A blanket from the living room had been brought into the bedroom. I don't know, maybe they thought we were cold and we needed more blankets. Everything had been moved from our nightstands except they were piled along the wall on mine. Our toothbrushes had been moved from different outlets to a different place in the bathroom to other outlets. They were plugged in. That was very kind of that person. We have a terrace balcony on our, in our condo and some of the covers had been taken off the terrace and the furniture had been rearranged. Our dishes had been gathered up and put in the sink for the most part. Oh yeah, the toaster had been moved. Instead of breaking into the condo and tearing it apart,
0: searching for jewels and riches, it appeared that someone had broken in and tidied up the place. Beth and Bev had been burgled by the world's most benevolent burglar. What are you feeling like as you're going through the house and seeing all of these? What emotional state are you in?
1: I was feeling very kind of icky. You know, we'd been kind of invaded and violated. But at the same time. It was kind of funny. I mean, someone had made my bed for me. The perfectly made bed with the
0: clean, crisp corners is what stood out most to Bev.
1: It was strange. And I was trying to figure out why someone would do this and who would have done it. And how they could have done it. it. There were so many questions I had. I immediately thought of trying to be a Nancy Drew. This did feel like kind of a mystery waiting to be solved. If only we could talk to the right people and get the right camera footage of the lobby and find the clues and interview people. That was where I went first. I can solve this.
0: I like to imagine Bev looking out into the night, reviewing her notes in her notepad. Again, just the notes up on her phone and ruminating on what could have happened. Like a good detective,
1: Bev came up with a couple of theories. Theory number one, the terrace. So in our condo, there was terraces on either of the units on the side of us. And they're really private. But if you were really daring, you could jump from one terrace to the other. It would be very scary to do. You would risk your life. But that was the first thought I had. Theory two, a more sinister possibility. The second theory I had was that, well, we could have a stalker. That's a little bit creepy. And finally, theory number three. We had really big windows that faced another building. And I'd always wondered if Someone on the other side was just getting progressively more angry at us for not closing our blinds when we're getting ready in the morning. I didn't know, maybe, who knows? There are all these people that we look at each day and they look at us. Had a
0: disgruntled neighbor fed up with Bev and Beth's mess finally decided to take things into their own hands? Stranger things have happened, I guess. After turning each of these theories over in her mind, Bev decided to call in backup.
1: We decided it would probably be a good idea to file a police report in case we later found out something was missing and needed insurance to get involved. The Minneapolis police sent an officer over to walk through our condo and talk to us a little bit.
0: The officer was puzzled by the situation, but he had a theory of
1: his own. His theory was that someone just stumbled in after a night of drinking and fell asleep in our bed and decided to do the dishes and line up our shoes afterwards. So the officer's theory was that someone had stumbled
0: home drunk no earlier than 9 a.m. because it was after Bev and Beth had left for work. And that this person was so drunk that they didn't notice they were going into the wrong apartment, but they weren't too drunk to clean up the condo? I know Bev's the detective in this story, but if you ask me, something's not adding up.
1: He, like, seemed convinced. Like, oh yeah, this happens all the time. Bev and Beth thought there was
0: something plausible about his theory. After all, this is an officer on the downtown home invasion beat. Besides, if this had been a robbery, he said, they would have taken some of Beth and Bev's more valuable items.
1: Like a bottle of San Pellegrino water we had sitting on the bar area. He's like, yeah, that's nice water. I would have taken that. We had like some fruit, I think, out in a bowl. And he's like, yeah, I would have absolutely taken that if I would broken in. Given the fact
0: that all of their fruit and sparkling water were accounted for, the officer's theory was airtight. Almost.
1: In order for that to happen, that would have meant that Beth left that door unlocked. As much as I would have loved to have blamed the situation on her leaving the door unlocked, I just couldn't buy it. There's no way. But with no other leads, the officer headed out. And right before he left, he like put put on his shoes and he's leaving. He's like, oh, I would probably wash your sheets, though. Feeling even
0: more grossed out than they already were. Beth and Bev threw their sheets in the laundry and went to Best Buy to get a Nest camera. Before they went to bed, Bev left a voicemail for the homeowners Association office in their condo building. With a mounting list of questions and no concrete answers, Bev and Beth went to sleep. So what happens next? What's the next piece of evidence?
1: First thing in the morning, I called the office again. I had made the decision I was going to just stay home from work the next day so I could go down there and try to maybe do some Nancy Drewing, look at the video footage from the entryway and the elevators and, and see if we could figure out what had happened.
0: The normal office manager of the Homeowners Association was on vacation, but someone else was filling in.
1: And they were like, oh, yeah, we just listened to your voicemail. Oh, you know, I'm actually down here with... Jim, the caretaker. And he's actually going to just come up and chat with you about what happened. A few minutes later, Jim arrives on the scene. And I was like, Jim, did you hear the story? And he's like, that's just so crazy. And I said, yeah, it was so crazy what happened. Bev pushes Jim for any information he might have. I'm wondering if you saw anything or if we could take a look at the video footage. I'm wondering who came through the condo building. But... Jim just comes back with questions of his own. His first question was, well, are are you, like, listing your unit for sale or something? Does your realtor have a key in the lockbox? And it's like, no, no, like, Jim, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we don't, we're not listing our condo. We don't have an agent. Jim tries another angle. He's like, oh, yeah, well, is it possible that your real estate agent came through? I was like, no, 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 like, we're not, like, we're not doing anything like that. And i really love to see that video footage.
0: Bev's starting to notice that Jim is very fixated on this idea of a realtor.
1: She counters. Jim, do you know something about a real estate agent that I don't know about? And he said, well, you know, the craziest thing happened to me yesterday. Crazier
0: than someone breaking into your apartment and making the bed? Okay, Jim, let's hear about your
1: crazy day. Jim says, I was downstairs and someone came through saying that they were looking for me because I was going to let them into someone's unit to take real estate pictures for a listing. Bev once again reminds Jim that their unit is
0: not for sale.
1: He's like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. It couldn't have been you. It was probably someone else. But I guess it could have been your unit. Oh, Jim, evade all you want, but Bev's going to get to the truth. I said, well, do you remember what floor you're on? No, I don't remember the floor. Do you remember if it was our unit? I said, like, you know, come inside and take a look. Do you recognize this living room? And he's like, well, the thing is, I didn't stick around with the photographer while they were doing their business. I had other things to do, so I just left them here.
0: It's starting to become clear to Bev that Jim probably let someone into the wrong unit unknowingly.
1: The thing that really got me is that he couldn't be sure. It's possible a real estate photographer took pictures of a unit that's being listed. And if that's the case, someone came through our condo and touched everything and made my bed. And I want to know who made my bed.
0: Jim may have been able to provide her with a guilty admission of what might have happened. But he couldn't give her the answer she needed. But a few weeks later, Beth noticed a condo that was listed for sale.
1: A, a unit in Building 730 went on the market with the same unit number as ours. Bev and Beth lived in Building 720, which was right next door to 730. And we pulled it up thinking it's going to have you know pictures of our bedroom. But it didn't. It actually had pictures of the unit, the actual unit. It must have been. But there was one clue that the listing offered them. We noticed that the listing agent was this guy who I refer to as the condo king. He sells a good share of the the neighborhood's condos. The condo king worked out of the
0: same brokerage office as the realtor that Bev and Beth had used when they bought their condo.
1: Her name was Julie, and they called her up. I said, Julie, if I got a story for you, it's wild, and I need your help solving a big mystery. Julie promised to do some investigating of her own, and she hangs up. She calls Bev and Beth back less than a day later. She said, you are not going to believe what happened. You guys are like crime solvers. Julie had
0: called the condo king and asked him if he had any issues with the photos
1: in his recent listing. He did have problems with his photos. So the photographer, apparently she showed up to take her pictures... Gave him a call and was like, you said this unit was going to be vacant. And he's like, well, there are renters in there. They must have just made a mess. That's too bad. Please go ahead and take these photos. What I'm picturing here is that this poor photographer woman was probably cursing us. She must have spent two hours cleaning and making our bed and I'm pretty sure she cleaned a toilet. When the condo king got these photos, I guess he was livid. Because he's like, these are not, this isn't my unit. Where's my unit? I have a deadline. So
0: he wasn't thinking that she'd taken photos of the wrong unit. He thought maybe they sent him the wrong ones.
1: Exactly. He had no idea that these photos were the photos he ordered.
0: It finally seemed like a picture of the incident was becoming clear. The photographer had entered the wrong building. She'd asked Jim, the caretaker, to be let into the unit, and without the guidance of the regular office manager, Jim obliged. When the photographer entered the unit, she saw the mess and called the condo king. The condo king assumed the mess had been left by the renters when they moved out, not that the photographer had entered somebody else's very messy but occupied unit. The condo king asked her to proceed. Annoyed, but wanting to get the job done, the photographer cleaned the apartment and took the photos. When the wrong photos were turned in to the condo king, the photographer went back and took photos of the correct unit. Thanks to their excellent sleuthing work, Beth and Bev had identified a culprit in the case of the benevolent burglar. And with that, the case came to a close. And you got to Nancy Drew it a little bit.
1: I got to be the Nancy Drew of my dreams, that's right.
0: Bev and Beth are happy to confirm that no drunk person ever slept in their bed and no one ever came in their apartment in search of sparkling water and fruit. They eventually moved out of the condo, but kept the Nest camera. To this day, they still haven't captured any crimes on tape. For now, their detective days are behind them. But if there's one thing they still want, it's a chance to talk with the photographer.
1: If that real estate photographer is out there listening, I want to thank her and would like her to teach me how to make my bed the way she did.
0: I would love a lesson too.
1: We can all learn something from her.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark. As I'm recording this, the podcast just hit... 10,000 downloads which in the grand scheme of podcasting is not that big of a deal but for me someone who just makes this show out of my bedroom uh feels really good so thank you for listening thank you to those of you who have reached out with story ideas and thank you to those of you who have just reached out and said nice things about me I love compliments so keep them coming my DMs are always open if you want to send me story ideas on Instagram at funny stories in the dark. And please rate and review this podcast and Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Until next time, thanks for listening.